Thanks so much for listening to Five Leadership Questions today. You know, coming up, we have the Pipeline West Coast event. Now, some people say it's the best coast. I'm not really sure. But I would say in February is probably the best coast that you can go to. Um, So go ahead and check that out at myleadershippipeline.com. It will be on February 22nd. We'll have Carrie Newoff and Eric Geiger, Tom Rayner, Albert Tate, uh, myself and co-host Daniel M. Uh, All of us will be out there and we look forward to seeing you there with your team. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm here today with uh, Eric Geiger. Yo, co-hosting. I am not sitting next to Todd today. I, I am at my house on a uh, Skype call because, Brad, this is uh, embarrassing. I had worked really late last night on this presentation for uh, trustees, and I emailed it to my assistant, but I emailed her the wrong, um, the wrong version, so I had to backtrack to the house today to get her this the new version to make a presentation so that's why i'm not next to you todd and on a skype third skype guy with you brad wow that that's the life of uh of being in charge of a large organization no no and that that's actually um you know you we're gonna talk about uh tenacity is one of the things today that, that's actually um tenacity wasted i spent so mm. much time on the road today because I, I, I failed to attach the correct document like an idiot. Is the traffic in Nashville so bad that once you go back, you can't you can't backtrack and oh, actually can't get, get there from the here, office? bro? Can't get there from here. Man, but we're we, Ty, we sound spoiled because, Brad, I mean, you're in Atlanta, right? I mean, oh, yeah, it, I mean, we, I, we can't really complain. Yo, I'm up I'm here from D.C., so that's a whole different level, too. One, one trip downtown to Atlanta and you're done. It, you know, I mean, you don't go back for more. So I, I get where you're coming from. I just Nashville. It's like it, it's not as bad as Atlanta, man. I'm I'm no. I'm, I'm 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 over overly complaining. So I, I repent. I repent. Thanks for calling me out. Okay. No, I, 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 you I was just curious. That other lovely voice uh, that you hear that you may not have heard for a while on the podcast is, of course, the infamous Brad Lominick. Boom. <laughs> now I say Lominick because I like to go Lominick. Yeah. Is, how do you pronounce it? You can say it however you want, but the correct pronunciation, according to my ancestors, would be Lomnick. Lomnick. We're both. Yeah, because it's 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 got the Irish Scottish connection in it. You know, it used to be Lomnick, Lomnick, Brad Lomnick. So you're Eric, you're pronouncing it correctly with the long O, Lomnick. Yep, I knew Uh, it. I knew it. Back from the days of Ireland and Scotland. But, you know, I say Lominek because that's where my dad said it and my family says it. But who knows? Who knows? Somebody I from Ancestry, Brad says it. Somebody from Ancestry.com, give me an update on the connect, correct pronunciation of my last name, please. If they're savvy, they're going to be following you around on whatever website you go to now because of that, that you dropped their name just now. You would think. I mean, that's it the dark art of digital marketing. <laughs> That Todd Atkins knows much about. Hey, oh, hey, Todd, hey. Todd Atkins knows about Do that. Do not man. doubt me. On <laughs> he just sold your arts. email address just now to Ancestry. That's not the kind of dark arts I practice. Yeah. Well, you you listen. You are a sensei, man. I am. I'm Daniel's son, and you're Mr. Miyagi as it relates to the Twitter dark arts world. <laughs> tweet on, tweet off. You're hey. the man. Okay, so I think that I'm going to try to transition into our uh, topic today, which is 
talent and is it overrated? So mm. when, when you it think is. about this, is. I mean, you know, Twitter, you, somebody wasn't born with the, uh, natural talent of Twitter that had to be acquired. LeBron James does not have the gift of, uh, basketball or does he, I would say that, um, I don't know. Let's just, let's, let's have a good, healthy conversation about talent. So my first question for both of you is this, is talent overrated? Mm. Good question. I, I would try, say, I would say, patient, wait for you, Brad, you go. Well, you go. No, that was, that was, that was very kind of you. I, I would say it depends. So, but, but that's, that's a fuzzy answer. I mean, if you had to force me to, to give a yes or no, I would say, yes, it is overrated. Yep. I'm with, I'm with Brad. I, obviously you want to be careful. You don't overswing the answer and minimize that there is such a thing as talent and that there is no, uh, there's no, competency that plays into somebody being able to do a role well, but it is often overrated. Talent is often overrated because so many other things contribute to someone being able to effectively lead or excel at their craft so much more than just talent. Yeah. I mean, it's the, you know, it's that quote that so many people have used before hard work, beat talent, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. That's good. Uh, that, and that's, that's not my quote. That's Winston Churchill. No, it's from yes. my football t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. It's been, it's from high it's been used by, been used by many a sports coach oh, and yeah. or athlete. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I mean, John Maxwell wrote the book talents never enough and anything John says, I believe right Eric? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm believing, I'm believing when John said that there's another book called talent is overrated. That was really impactful for me about the importance of developing yourself, a deliberate practice. And you've seen this, Brad, essentially someone who's in their early twenties, late twenties, uh, gets the, the, the label thrown on them. They're super talented. And oftentimes by receiving that, that label, they can, they can presume on it not develop themselves, not work really hard. And the same time you have, you have other people who perhaps didn't have that label, uh, thrown on them and they, they stay gritty and persevere in the same direction for a long period of time. And, you know, 10 years later, the trajectory of both of those lives looks, looks very different. Yeah. Well, I've had lots of coaches over the years. You guys probably have too, that, that, that if you ask them and my, my dad was a high school football coach. And I think if you asked him, you know, do, would you rather have talent or, or, or a, would you rather have a talented team or would you rather have a team with, with some talent? And I think the answer would always be, I'll, I'll take a talented team, but that's, that's not going to get me to the championship. Mm-hmm. So that question of, do you need talent in order to, you know, create a great team? Well, sure. But is, is that the only ingredient in the soup or, right. you know, in the, in the salad or in the buffet line? No, there, there's other pieces that have to come with that in order to, to actually be great or to create a great team or great organization. I think it's Man, I interesting. I, I do Go think ahead, it's yeah. interesting the number of books that you've seen in recent years about the subject because you do have uh, talent is overrated. You have um, peak, which is another mm-hmm. great book, and then you kind of mentioned it without mentioning it. Angela Duckworth, um, grit. 
Yep. Um, by the way, my, my eight year old is almost done with grit and, um, we're processing that and it's going to be, I can't wait to see what it does. <laughs> that was, that, if your eight year old's almost finished with grit, I, I think we've got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably a horrible parent for doing that to him, but he, he can read really well and he was interested. You know, we're having conversations about, you got like, it's one thing to be, uh, you know, smart or whatever, but I would rather you work hard. Um, yeah. and, and I can't remember which, um, there's another book about, uh, raising leaders, um, from children up and it talks about how, you know, don't, don't tell your kids they're smart. Don't, don't, um, praise them for being smart, praise them for working hard. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, that's, that, that is a great, it's, um, called mindset. And it, 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 it actually, it's, it's referenced in that book. Talent is overrated. Yeah. If you, if you praise them over and over again for, Hey, you're, you're awesome. You're smart. You're talented. You're brilliant. Then later in life when they stub their toe, they, they actually then are paralyzed because their identity has been questioned. And so it's Carol Dweck who wrote the book mindset. She says, um, no, no, don't affirm them for those things. Affirm them for work ethic, for not giving up, for perseverance, for traits that you want them to have through the rest of, um, the rest of their life. It, it was, it, it's a really good read. And is that because the, that ultimately at the end of the day, talent is a, is a DNA. I mean, it's, it's actually something that's wired into us compared to, compared to the other pieces being something that can be developed or that yeah, you, can, you can work on. That's good. I think, I think, I think Carol Dweck would say that. I also think, and I've read there's some recent research on, on the whole, is it hurt, hurtful to call people talented? Um, Jennifer and her husband, I don't know how they say his name that well. Gina Pirro Pettigreely um, did an HBR article on groups of people who were called talented in early in their career and how it later crushed them because they, they feared not living up to this, this mythical, um, name that was thrown on top of them. And her, her, uh, I thought this was awesome. This is actually, I think very Christian uh, counsel, even, uh, even though I'm not sure she's a, she's a believer or Christian or Christian or not, but she says to view talent as something you have, not talent as something you are. So you, you, you know, you, you, you are, you are more than what you're good at. Um, and so, you know, don't find, don't overly find your identity in this term talent. You have a talent and you can, you know, you can deploy it, but, but don't be defined by this term that you're talented. Okay. I know That's this good. is going to be way out of left field, but I know at least Brad will appreciate this. So probably one of the, uh, you know, a lot of times I will say some of the wisest things that I've ever heard have come out of the hills and hollers of Kentucky. And <laughs> one of these is from my uncle who, uh, who, who bred hunting dogs. And he would say Ooh. half of, half of, uh, half of what your dog, you know, will become half the dog is the pedigree. It's the DNA. It's the raw talent that, this dog has the other half is training. So you can't just buy, you know, this high dollar dog and he's going to be the, the, you know, the best, uh, hound ever. It's half of it. That's only half, half the way there. And likewise, yep. if you can't afford to buy a dog with a great pedigree, fear not. If you train them really well, 
um, they're probably going to be able to run with, with, uh, with good dogs. <laughs> Sorry. I'm with you, man. I listen, I'm, you're speaking my language. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of lost, but I, Brad's, Brad's good with it. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. About half our audience gets that. So, so I know Tiger, you're, I mean, you're, you're not like some city slicker who knows nothing about the outdoors and or, and or hunting slash guns slash, you know, the, 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 the world of Todd Atkins, you, you wouldn't be the opposite of Todd, right? Around this subject. I, it's a good question, Ty. What, what, am I the opposite of you in this? I, I, I think most people would say I'm the opposite of Ty in this. <laughs> yes. In yes. this regard, Eric is kind of a, a foodie. Oh okay. gosh. Um, somewhat. The kids might call. Actually, the kids wouldn't call. The um, he's a little metro. No. Yeah. I, oh, some man. some have called me cityfied. I mean, listen. I grew up in the you know New Orleans area. Moved to Nashville from Miami went hunting one time with my in-laws just because <laughs> I felt like I had to. And what then, were you hunting at that point? Was it, was it like something called a snipe? Was it? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not that. I, 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 I caught on to that. Okay, um, good. We were trying to kill a deer. Bad. We're trying to kill a deer, but, but, um, I, I we did we didn't really get to that day and, and it was really early and it was freezing. And so, and then like at Christmas, they all got, um, for Christmas, they got camouflage and, and deer smelly stuff that you put on yourself. Yeah. yeah. And at that point I kind of thought, I'm not really, just not really thinking I want to get that every Christmas. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll okay. take these chinos from banana Republic. Oh dude. <laughs> <laughs> that smelly stuff, by the way, is deer urine. So just for everybody's, uh, for, every, for, for anybody out there who, who doesn't know what the smelly stuff is, it's actually, uh, the scent of the deer <laughs> is smelly uh, urine. I feel like I need to move us yes. on to question two. Really what quickly. talented person doesn't want deer urine for Christmas? Well, okay. we can, well, we, well, we can all agree is, on though. I hey, think Todd, this, what we can all agree on, what we yeah. can all agree on uh, uh, just as a wrap up to this segment is that, that Eric would not be necessarily talented around the area of hunting and or True. outdoor festivities. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. All right. So a question two, I'm going to quickly move to, and that is, do you hire talent, tenacity, or teachability or some combination of thereof? Yeah. I mean, I want I want all those, but Brad, I want to hear you force rank them. If you had to force rank those, which, uh, talent, tenacity, teachability, how do you force rank it? Oh man, that's tough. I'm probably going to go tenacity. I'm probably going to go tenacity. Number one, force rank and yeah. probably, probably uh i'm probably gonna say teachability two and talent three yeah that's where i'm at that's exactly where i'm at i'm gonna it's go hard though yeah to me the force ranking it forces me to make the choice you know between so i want all three of them i want all three but if i but how do i prioritize I, the force ranking makes me go i'm, I'm gonna hire tenacity for someone who's just super passionate um, and that means that they may need a whole lot of things that they have to learn still. And so that's teachability. And of course I care about competence and talent, but that can be developed. And so that's going to be number three. So you said something yeah. about passion. So I'm thinking, you know, there's one thing to be said about, um, passion fit and role fit. And that there's another to be said about just sheer, uh, work ethic. That is just like, I'm going to, you know, 
shake this thing till it's dead. Like I'm, I'm going to latch on to whatever this is and I'm not going to let go until I've got it completed. It's almost a sense of, um, of responsibility. Um, and just the, the whole man, I gotta do, I gotta get this done. Yeah. You know, I mean, for even with the T's, the three T's there, the talent, tenacity and teachability. And in some ways I would, I would, compare that or parallel it to humble, hungry hustle. Although humble, that sounds like a great book title. Dude, that's it a really, great book title, man. It really does. Doesn't it? Yeah. I'm going to write something on that. <laughs> Somebody should use that. Um, but humble, even though humble is not necessarily the equivalent of talent, I would say teachability is sort of the hungry and tenacity is sort of the hustle. Um, but there's an assumption for me when it comes to talent that you're actually in your sweet spot. If I'm hiring you as an accountant, you know, if you're absolutely dysfunctional when it comes to math and numbers and spreadsheets and doing the role that is required of competency related to the talent level to which you must have in order to be an accountant, I mean, we're already starting off on the wrong foot. Um, so there is an assumption, I think, with force, force, uh, ranking these in that somebody has enough talent to actually be able to, to be competent enough at the job that, that they, that then the other pieces will make up for that. Absolutely. I, I think, I think, uh, force ranking them doesn't eliminate that. There's gotta be a, a, a baseline of talent for that specific role for somebody to be, you know, to be in it. Um, I do think there's some roles that are, there's skill sets that are transferable from one role or one job to another. And even if, you know, say there's an 80% crossover between the skills you had in one, one job and you need those skills in another job, the more teachability and the more tenacity you have, you lower um, the gap of learning and of, um, of disadvantage you have by not having experience in the, in the role that you're currently in because you transferred a whole lot of things from your last role. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. You know, do you, do you, uh, one of our mutual friends uh, is, is Steve Graves. And I remember um, we were having a conversation. Uh, Eric brought in Steve to, to talk to our leadership. And one of the things that he said was your strengths in one area of competency will take you farther than some of your weaknesses can sustain you. And that mm-hmm. whole idea of, you know, that, that your talent can take you someplace where if you're not, if you don't remain teachable, it's going to take you farther than you can, you can mm-hmm. s- sustain your leadership. It's interesting too, that when you think about education in general, I mean, especially the American system of education, I would say that the way we rank those, it's just the opposite as it relates to the schooling system that we, a lot of us grow up in. So our grades are many times based on talent being number one in terms of if you have a, if, if you're good at math and that's a talent, that's a competency, then you're going to probably be graded based on of all three of those, the talent the most. But when you get into a job or organization or a team where you've got like levels of organizational development and, and, organizational hierarchy and things like that, then people would almost reverse them many times in terms of their importance. 
Degree, agree or disagree? Yes, I think some people mistakenly reverse those, uh, especially if you're in a situation where leadership development is is not prioritized in an organization or even passion and tenacity isn't prioritized. And it's kind of like, you know, you're just looking for somebody to fill a hole. Well, you just get the most talented person to fill that hole. Mm hmm. Uh, if you don't have a culture of people who are passionate and hungry, then tenacity is not valued. If you don't have a culture where people are, are developed, then teachability is not really that valued. If it's just like we're just plugging people in, well, then why not go ahead and get the most talented person you can plug in? Well, and that's a that's a leadership placement mentality versus a leadership development mentality. Yeah. It, as an organization, if you can look around at your organization to look at the most uh, talented quote unquote people. If you've imported all of those people, if you've bought them rather than build them, then you're practicing leadership placement. Boom. I'm going to tweet that real fast and, and, <laughs> that. and I'm going to give credit to Brad right now. Yes, I, please I'm do. actually going to do that. I'm actually going to do that. Please do. It's, it's, it's what we call the, uh, incorrect, uh, placement of, of blame and or credit to different voices on a podcast. Good. All right, Todd, take us to question three while I give Brad credit for your tweet. Okay. Uh, what, are, what are some ways that we often see talent wasted? Good question. Man, I, I see. I mean, people always point to, to athletes. It's, and it, it's sad because it's just so visible. You know, they, they were uh, number one pick or top five pick, and then they, they, they go off the rails with their character and – they, they, they make the top 30 list of draft bust of all time, you know? So that's, those lists are real popular for people to read, but it's not only in athletics. I, you see, really sadly, we see people start out in ministry really, really strong that, that, that for character reasons or for, um, just loss of passion that they, 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 they aren't in the game anymore. And so we, for sure, we know when it comes to issues of character, that, that talent is wasted because, lack of character can, can lack of character can make talent irrelevant. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Yeah. I've, I've heard people say when you're, when your competency continually is out, out maneuvering and, or is out distancing your character, you're in, you're, you're soon to be in trouble. Um, and that's, that's what you're saying, Eric is because mm. a lot of people that's true. They get out on the, on the edge of higher levels of leadership and more responsibility, there's more pressure and their character never caught up to that. Right. Or never was deepened enough or built deep enough on the foundation and they can't sustain it. So it's just a matter of time before you start to see the cracks. Um, I would, I would say another, I mean, for me, another way that I see it wasted often is the classic case of here's a, here's a person really who, who has opportunities to shine as it relates to a certain role in an organization. And we automatically think that they should be advanced or promoted because they have a skill set or talent and they get promoted to the next level and then they're dysfunctional. And that many times is a waste because they want more pay or they want more power or they want more of a sense that they're part of the, of the day in an organization mm -hmm. compared to no, what's, what's actually the best use of, of 
of their talents and their abilities. And so many times we promote people or we move them into places where they're, where they're really not thriving compared, compared to you no know, leave them in a, in a spot or give them more opportunities to, to do what they do well and excel in that certain place. I think a lot of organizational dysfunction is because of people who have been moved up in an organization and now they're looking around going, I don't know how to lead. Yeah. I don't, I don't actually know how to do this job, but I don't want to tell anybody because I got promoted and therefore that would be me, you know, realizing and, and, and actually like being willing to, to, uh, in some ways confess that I'm not prepared right. for this new role. I mean, it takes, it takes a lot. I've seen it rare, rarely. And it's, it's, it's always been people who are super solid in their faith, strong sense of identity in Christ. So their worth isn't coming from their job or their career, but have taken a voluntarily quote unquote step backward in the org. Although it really wasn't a step backward because they were moving back into their sweet spot and, and, and then are, are, are more fulfilled, more satisfied because instead of trying to manage a whole bunch of things, they, they are focused on a skill or a talent that they're really, they're really good at. But it's rare when that happens as someone, someone self selects out and says, man, I'm going to, I'm going to go back into this spot and, and that's where I can contribute the most. Exactly. And I'm not saying that promotion is bad or that moving up is bad or that, you know, advancing in your career, those are all healthy things, but we, we just, we tend to many times in organizations, we think that the only path to, to, um, success is, is up or is, um, into places that require many times more of us. Mm -hmm. And then you, then you end up having somebody working outside of their gift mix and outside of the thing that they really are talented to do. And so all of a sudden they're, it's like they're writing with their left hand. Right. And there's just a lot of people in organizations, especially bigger organizations. This doesn't happen in small organizations because you quickly realize it uh, and everybody has to jump in. But in hierarchical, bureaucratic driven organizations, there's a lot of people that end up in places where they look around and go, oh, gosh, man, I, I am not doing anything. 80 percent of my time is being wasted or being spent on things that I have no talent in. Mm. If I were going straight up pipeline right now, I would say, uh, you know, one of the key tenets that we say is, hey, success is not progression through the pipeline. Because when people look at a pipeline, they think vertical. And that's really not the, the goal. Success is becoming who God has created you to be and then multiplying yourself there. So we would say, hey, if you're, right, right. you know, just yeah. a, a, a team member, then yeah. you need to recruit and develop other team members. If you're a leader, then you need to recruit and develop other leaders. It's only there's, there's like passages within that you move from, Hey, I'm learning this to a leader. I'm leading in this. I'm proficient. I have mastery to now I'm multiplying that uh, mastery or proficiency in someone else. So it may be that I only stay at this level for the next, you know, 20 years, but the legacy I have is mm -hmm. all those people I developed the, the, you know, what, the value I brought to the organization and the value I brought to the world and to the kingdom, hopefully is, yeah. is not, you know, the stuff I did, but the people I developed. Yeah, that's good. 
By the way, I did actually give Brad credit on that. Coach Peter. <laughs> huge. Man. Brad, if you just, if you see it pop up on your, you know. Oh, I did. I, I'm seeing it right now. I've got like seven new followers already. Yeah. I just, I'm just going for it, man. Just, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sanctify Todd by, by misattributing his quotes to you. Yeah. Well, part of the goal of this podcast is to right size Todd's ego. That, that, that's, let, let's, it's, and this is actually called intervention podcast. It is. Yeah. I mean, we, people outside of the circle call it the five leadership questions inside the circle. <laughs> we know what we're trying to do here. We know. All right. Well, I'm looking at this. Uh, I am looking at Twitter right now and you did indeed attribute that to Brad Lominick. I did. I just wanted that would be funny. It All right, has, question four. It has zero retweets. No, it's oh. not. It, uh, you, know, you know what? Maybe but I'm about like, to change that. Give it time, guys. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How do you teach uh, tenacity? So we're saying that number one is tenacity. If we force ranks tenacity, talent, and teachability. How do you teach it? Now, that, that, how we have the question phrased assumes you can teach it. Yes. So how do you teach? And, and I think some would disagree that you can actually teach it. So first, yeah. can you teach it and how do you teach it? I wholeheartedly believe that you can teach tenacity. Okay. Because I think it's, do you have 10 I think steps to tenacity? Uh, man, I should, because that's <laughs> one, it's got great alliteration <laughs> and two, that would get some clickbait. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I think it's, I think tenacity is one of those things that, is it, it is it's it's just like hustle like i can i don't need talent in order to be tenacious so there's nothing about my dna or the way i'm wired or i have no excuses i guess would be my point as it relates to yeah being tenacious I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take a counter and I, and not only for the sake of of uh making this podcast Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> but I, I, I think I am not sure I'm on the same page with you on that. I'm mm -hmm. not sure you can teach tenacity. I think you can maybe, maybe shift somebody, you know, 5%, 8% more tenacious, but unfortunately just, I, man, I, I'll actually, I would love for your answer to be the, the true answer here. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I think there's, so, there's so many times that I've, you know, got on to somebody or tried to help hold someone accountable for lack of urgency and lack of passion. And then it, it gets, it's, it corrects for 30 days or 60 days, but I feel like I'm, ha I'm rehabbing the same conversation. Mm. And, and I, and I've wondered either I'm horrible at coaching or whatever that it is, is just not in that person. I would I'm, I'm disagree. Self-confessing a little bit. You disagree. So it's two on one. You guys disagree. Absolutely. Because the way you, the way you grow, the way you achieve mastery is you learn something, you have a growth spurt and then you kind of decline a little bit and plateau and then have another growth spurt and then decline a little bit and, pla and plateau and, and so on and so forth. That's just, that's the way it really happens. We want everything to be up and to the right. It feels like it's all over the place, but I mean, that's, that's the reality. And it, Eric, I've known you for 15 years and I would say I would not be as tenacious as I am if I didn't work for you and with you during some of those times, because it really is, it goes back to speed of the leader, speed of the team. It goes back to modeling some of that. Um, 
and it even goes back to we did a podcast with uh, with Peck <laughs> on um, Design to Lead, your old book. And you, I think during the podcast, you said, oh, Kevin is, Kevin may be smarter than I am, but he'll never outwork me. And I was like, that is, that is, I don't know about the smarter piece, but that is so true. He is smarter. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to outwork anybody. And that can, anybody can, anybody can, um, do that. That's not an innate thing. You, you can learn to be uh, tenacious and sometimes life teaches us to be tenacious and, Sometimes it's you just get on a tenacious team. You really are who you run with. If you run mm-hmm. with tenacious people, you are going to run, you know, faster and further. Do you Man, think your Eric? Do you think your tenacity is is innate? I mean, is it part of your hardwiring, or is it something you've learned? I think it's part of part of my hardwiring, um, and I think I think that I. I it's part of my hardwiring and, and by God's grace, he, he focuses it and refines it and, and lever- and puts it towards certain things. Yeah. But I think, I think I would be, <laughs> I would have tenacity about something, you know, uh, in, in, in my life. And, and thankfully the Lord's allowed me to be able to be tenacious about things that are, that are eternal and matter. And, and, and to, to just to, I, I respect you guys a lot. So you, it's actually really good for me to hear that, that side, um, Man, sorry, my, my text messages just keep Ding. busting in on my phone. <laughs> I mean, on my, it's not my phone. Somebody my is really tenaciously trying to get it. It's my computer. Yeah, it's crazy what's happening right now. But um, like, I Todd, think it, it's all those retweets. <laughs> if we used your you as an illustration, you didn't become eighty percent more tenacious, and you you know no. we worked together for a long long time. And, and, we and, and were so drawn to I, each other. I do think I've helped you maybe be more tenacious, but it's not like I I, I my leadership of you made you three times more tenacious you, you you already had that deeply in you you, you know what i'm saying that so that's okay I, so if we're see. really if we're really um doing this in front of everybody right now i would we, we say, already went there. Already went there. i would say that it's not that i had um it's not that i had lost a step or two i mean you know i continue to grow i continue to develop i continue to learn as a leader but coming back with you here at Lifeway um, like I had to find a new gear and I mean even uh, in this last year in our last performance review I was talking about man I don't know how to find a new gear this is like one of the first times in my life that I'm just I'm just like okay before you know everybody knows um, I don't like watch TV I don't do some of that stuff and it's because Sure, that might be great for other people, but I know in order for me to, in order for me to get to another gear, I've, mm-hmm. something else has got to give. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I got kids and a wife and uh, all right. this stuff, and I, I don't know. I don't want to neglect that. Yeah, like how do I how do how do I find um, a new gear? And I think in modeling some of that and um, just being around just being around seeing disciplined people execute mm-hmm. and being on a team of people that execute, it just helps you raise your game. I really yeah. do think you are who you run with and it may not be, you know, double or triple fold, but the higher you go in leadership, you know, the, the more difficult it is to, to find those new gears. You may be able to find a new gear 
in your twenties or when you're at a, a lower level of leadership fairly easily, but the higher you go, the, the harder it is to get to the next, the next gear. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's helpful guys. And we, we definitely would agree that the best way to teach tenacity is probably by modeling it. Right. I mean, it, right. it ha- that has to be, that's a cultural, um, impression and also a cultural value that yeah. people, when they see it and when they see it, especially from the top, it, it passes down. Yep. I think modeling it and, and then, and then asking, hold, holding people accountable by asking questions about the most important things, not yeah. asking them 80 questions, but asking questions of, of your, of your team about the most important things over and over and over again. And the good news for anybody listening, if, if you're in an organization at any level, doesn't matter, nonprofit, church, business, the, the good news is that if you are tenacious, if you're a get it done person, if you are, you take things across the finish line, you're, you're an anticipator, you're intentional, you're going to win. I mean, you, you actually will, will raise the level with the organization as well as you will be somebody who stands out to people who are your boss or those above you, because it is something that everybody notices. The higher you go up in leadership, the more you are looking for the tenacious team members. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, they're, they're the ones who stand out and they're the ones who, who are, who you're going to keep looking at going, okay, I want that. I want to give them more. I want to give them more. Yeah. Okay, I have, a, I have one last question that's super practical. I always love to end with um, a practical question. So what are the practical ways to stretch someone's talent? So if you see somebody who looks mm-hmm. like, you know, they have uh, a reasonable amount of um, potential and performance, how do you stretch that person to help them reach that next yep. level? To me, this one's... Super easy, super practical. I mean, easy to answer, not easy to execute <laughs> and super practical. Um, you give them more responsibility. Mm-hmm. You give them uh, a new assignment, not necessarily taking them out of their current role, but you, you stretch them by giving them a project and initiative to run you, and you let the work develop them. Exactly. That's a great way to say it. Com- even compared to giving them the the vision for that compared to if you give them the, if you give them the work opportunity, then the vision will even many times come after that. Yep. Agreed with that. And and people, people sometimes think it's sloppy. It's sloppy to do it this way that, you know, you should, you should like two years from now have that in mind and, and read it, read 38 books with them and ask compelling vision and have monthly meetings. And I, I agree with all those things alongside giving them more work. And so give them more responsibility and let the responsibility that they have, uh, develop them, let them live with a season of feeling overwhelmed and learn disciplined, uh, grit and tenacity to get through that season. That's good. You know, one of the interesting things, um, that I pretty much do almost every time I hire a new person and my team knows this and probably has shared it with every new person that works. I will say Todd, Todd is known as hiring amazing, amazingly well. Uh, people, people, uh, try to hire his t- team to their team 
in our organization all the time. And so he has to, um, it's one of the reasons he started hiring Brad people, uh, internationally so that they're, uh, that they're, they can stay with me. Only allows them to stay with the exact same boss. And so Todd's like, you can't hire him. I mean, exactly. legally, legally, they can't switch teams. It's right. great. This is a great strategy. I.E. Um, Dan- yes. I.E. Daniel yep. M. Uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll move on from that pretty quickly. So, uh, but I do think, I do think, um, you know, stretch assignments and things like that, that you guys have mentioned are, are, are really, really crucial to developing somebody's talent. What, as we, uh, as we close out, are there any more resources or, or books? I know we've mentioned several that you would look at. I, well, I, 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 I want to give Brad's book a, a, a push cause I've heard a lot of people um, make comments about it. And especially if you, if you really do want to develop your, your tenacity, I mean, he does have the whole, one of the H's is, is, is hustle. Yep. Uh, I, I would say that would be a, that would be a, an important read. Brad's H3 leadership, be humble, stay hungry, always hustle. Well, thank you. And I, I was going to add on the, on the practical way to stretch somebody's talent is, is if is help them see, the importance, especially younger leaders, many of which think they should be in charge immediately, which I love. Come on. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're all, we're all for that. But, you know, not only give them stretch assignments and, and add more responsibility, but the mindset that they would take, which is I'm still in the role I'm in, but start acting like I'm in the role I want next. Mm-hmm. So that idea of I'm dressing, I'm speaking, I'm teaching, I'm leading, I'm, I'm communicating, I'm showing up on at the same time of the, the level or the position that I want to be in next. Cause that'll, that'll increase your accountability immediately. Now, are you getting paid for it? Are you, are you getting that, you know, that prestige? No, but just start thinking right. that you're already there and, and you'll, you'll start to see that not only what, what comes with that next level of, of responsibility or position, but also the, the kind of pressure or the kind of the, the level to which that person is, is leading with and empathy. I mean, I, to me, it's, it's a, it's an empathy thing too, which is when you have empathy for the person that's leading you, then you actually become a better leader. Mm. That's, that's gold. That's great. Well, I'm gonna take us home. It's uh, been great, Brad. Thanks for joining us. I've learned a, I've learned a lot on this this conversation. It's been helpful for me. Todd, thanks for uh, kicking us off. And I'm gonna take it home. You've been listening to the Five Leadership Questions podcast. Uh, do us a favor and and like us and and put an endorsement for us on on iTunes. Thanks so much. Wait, don't don't go yet. Don't hold up. Okay, so we are doing Pipeline West in the OC. That's right, Southern California, February 22nd and 23rd. So February 22nd is the actual conference day. That's Kerry Newoff, Tom Rayner, Eric Geiger, myself, Daniel M., Albert Tate. These people will all be bringing it for sure. You want to be there, not only because it's going to be great content, but it's February. Okay, and this is California. So it's a the sunny in 76 is good to be at any time of year, but especially in February. Hope to see you there.